0: I'm very excited today because I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone recently and did a podcast that was a little bit out of our wheelhouse. I don't usually deal with lasers too often. I've also often been sitting next to the laser designer, laser programmer, laser operators. Occasionally, lasers have found their way onto my console, and I've done a cue or two to make uh, something happy to kind of add to what I'm doing. But I've never really taken a deep dive into lasers and, and all the intricacies and all the logistics that it takes to make lasers as cool as they are today. So I did a podcast with Justin Perry from Pangolin recently. And uh, the, the response was overwhelming. I got a lot of people like, hey, thank you so much for finally <laughs> including lasers. You know, they're, 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 uh, they're definitely an integral part of our industry and uh, you hadn't been paying attention. Today, when I started talking about lasers, the one name kept popping up more than any other. So I w- I'm lucky enough to reach out to Adam LeBay today. He has been highly requested many times. So he is a laser designer at Precision Lasers out of Los Angeles. Thank you so much for joining me today, Adam. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be on your podcast. I heard about your podcast because you worked. Uh, you you did an interview with my friend Dustin, and uh, I've been listening to lots of episodes ever since, and I'm a big fan of what you're doing.
0: Right on, yeah. Dustin's a, Dustin's a great guy. We we totally went on some interesting tangents on that podcast.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Uh, I still get people going like, oh, what a weird title. And like, you got to listen to the, the, the podcast <laughs> and the title will make sense on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so from what I know about lasers, when I was younger, the, the, the extent of my laser knowledge was going to smoke weed for the very first time and go to a laser show and listen to Pink Floyd. But we've come so far. When did you first get interested in lasers and how did you get to where you are now?
1: So I first got interested in lasers. I didn't go like a lot of people I know, like went to a show and they saw a laser show and they're like, oh, this is incredible. You know, I want to do this or, you know, I want to do something like this. I discovered lasers in a DJ shop on Sixth and Market in San Francisco. And, you know, I was shopping for like a lighting laser package to, you know, I had this idea of like how to make a band, a visual show for a band that I was in. And I just sort of fell in love with them at that point. So I started working with like very, very small fixtures, very small lasers, DMX controlled. Yeah, I learned. uh, You know, I was I was doing stuff with video, doing stuff with lasers, doing stuff with the lighting. But I realized there's so much creative potential in a laser that that any other like fixture doesn't have. Like with a moving headlight, you only have so many options, like so many gobos and so many colors and you know, it limits you to a certain point. Whereas with a laser, like anything you can imagine, you can just draw and create it and it exists. So it's a pretty like direct, you know, direct art form that you can just work on quickly.
0: Oh man, I feel your pain on that one. There's so many times as somebody will come to me and they're like, hey, can you do a custom gobo? You're like, well, yeah, if you would have talked to me three weeks ago, (laughs) I can get you a custom gobo. and But now they're like, oh, well if you can't do it, I'll call somebody else. You're like, well, yeah, but, or, or they'll ask me for, for gold or purple. I am like, no, I can't. But with lasers, your answer is almost always yes. You're like, yeah, we can do that. We can, well, let's do it. We can do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much anything. Um, Anything other than like putting a a key light on a person, you can't use a laser for that. Not yet. Yeah, Not yet. You don't want to use a laser for that. (laughs)
0: Give it time. Give it time. We'll figure it out. If somebody wants it bad enough, we'll figure it out. Sure. So it sounds like you were, it sounds like you were just bitten by lasers and then you've just never turned back. It sounds like you're just an, an, an artist. It sounds like lasers just speak to you.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I started as a musician and when I discovered lasers and got into lasers, um, I really sold all of my music gear, you know, sold it all off, uh, used that money to reinvest into my laser business, uh, turned my music studio into a laser studio, you know, and started working from there. So I I pretty much, you know, when I realized the potential of these things and how cool of an art form it was, I went all in. And I just kind of dropped everything I was doing at that time.
0: You just, no more bass. I'm done with bass. Done.
1: (laughs) Completely done. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done, you know, still working on stages, but from a different perspective. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. I like, I really prefer getting to work with a, a bunch of really cool artists without being in the band. Like I get to come in and like work with somebody when they're, you know, they've released a great album and they're doing some really cool stuff with it. And then I can move along and, you know, work with somebody else and work with somebody else. You know, I don't.
0: You never have to deal with the the staleness of dealing with the same (laughs) band members over, over a number of years.
1: Sure. Yeah. It just, you know, keeps things really exciting, really interesting.
0: Right on. Yeah. So it sounds like you worked up from the very beginning. It sounds like you got to, you started very small with just a small amount of lasers, and then as laser technology progressed, did you have to keep progressing along with it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I started, um, I kind of decided to do this at a really opportune time because, not to get like super too technical, but basically, 445 nanometer blue diodes had just gotten inexpensive, so like cheap, relatively cheap, high powered, full color lasers were suddenly kind of like entering the market that didn't exist before. So when I got in, I was buying like, you know, one Watts, two Watts, five Watts. And, you know, a few years earlier, it would have been really hard to get equipment of that power. I think that kind of is where that, that lower powered air cooling, air cooled laser when when that's when that happened, I think that's sort of what started this renaissance of like, you know, now we have like 200 lasers on a stage, 300 lasers, you know, before it would just be a few lasers and they were massive, you know, giant machines. And now we have many of them and they're, they're tiny and they're low power, you know, very efficient. Yeah, so I come
0: from the touring world and it was almost, I mean, it was impossible to tour with a laser because you would need, uh, you would have to take a plumber with the oh, yeah. liquid stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and it would you almost needed another truck just to handle four lasers, and that was just completely financially unviable to tour with lasers. But now, I mean, you guys are breaking records with two and three hundred lasers on a single stage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I I got in at a good time. You know, technology was was growing really rapidly then. Um, I've stayed on top of it. You know, when audience scanning happened, you know, I was I was one of the first people that, that got an audience scanning variance where I can project lasers into an audience occupied area. You know, uh, I just, I try to like find new, interesting things to, to do with lasers and, you know, I'm constantly, uh, exploring and developing.
0: Fill me in on what that means. Exactly. What is a, what's a laser variant?
1: Okay. Well, uh, we, uh, so normally a class four laser, um, can't, you can't project it into, into human occupied areas. It has to be basically three meters above where people are standing. Um, cause lasers can burn things. They can burn camera sensors, human eye, light things on fire. So you have to be very careful with them. Um, and an audience scanning laser is a laser that you can project into a crowd. So okay. rather than just looking up and seeing the laser show over your head, which is really cool, you know, you also can be surrounded by like a laser cone and like you're standing in the laser beams and you're, you're in the show and you're in the experience. So that's, that's a really cool thing to, to be able to experience. Is it just and the
0: intensity that is the, is the safety factor or is it the the type of laser?
1: It's it's a, well, ultimately it's energy. So too much energy in your eye will hurt you. Um, so the, the intensity is dialed down. There's a, a lens put on the laser. There's a, a hardware system that monitors the output at all times to make sure that it never like moves too slowly um, okay. and just keeps it safe. So if you get hit in the eye with a, with an audience scanning laser, it's it's safe. It's below like legal audience scanning levels below MPE. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's the same reason we can stare at the sun for a second and no longer, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you look at the sun and your, your eye blinks, and uh you, you don't hurt yourself you know from staring into it too long it's, it's, it's the same with a laser okay yeah
0: so on top of the the cost of lasers coming down what, do all these different options give you new creative outlets with lasers i mean yeah. obviously you have more options available to you now
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I started off with like one watt, two watt lasers. And now like I have 20 watt, 36 watt lasers, you know, um, we've got lots of colors now, like red, green, blue, yellow Uh, scanners are really fast now. They, the scanners, you know, draw the image and they used to be pretty slow and now like you can make a really complex things happen. So right on. Yeah.
0: So one of the things that I noticed recently is that I'm, on the rock and roll world I'm so accustomed to seeing the beams coming from the stage out over the audience but what I'm seeing more and more now and they're they look the images are looking amazing I'm seeing lasers being used as projection more is that because of the technology or is that because it's it's something new or it's just not beamage
1: yeah I think that's The technology, I think, you know, as scanners get faster, uh, projection becomes more of a viable thing. I mean, I know, back in the in the past, the original laser shows, a lot of them were projected. And there are some really cool laser shows. And we've, we had a the opportunity to uh, a friend of ours, recovered, like a very old Pink Floyd laser light show and updated it and cleaned it up and made it, you know, made it uh, work on modern scanner on a modern scanner system. And we, we brought that out and played it at burning man, like the whole hour long show. And it, it was amazing. So.
0: Oh, we, that's a great project.
1: Yeah. It was really cool. We just did it like, you know, as, as something nice to do, it wasn't really like a commercial thing or anything, but yeah, it was, was really cool. You know, you, you see those graphics and like they were very basic, very primitive. You couldn't do a whole lot, you know, without the, the scanners falling apart. So now, you know, you can, put a dozen laser projectors and map them all together and they all move fast and you can draw some really complex stuff. There's a- well, I can only th-
0: imagine the original designers of the Pink Floyd show just coming to see your show. And <laughs> like, That's what we <laughs> wanted to do.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's there's a new technology that Pangolin created called Beam Brush, which creates another axis um, and makes so a laser a laser beam can appear thick so now you can create thick and thin laser beams, which is really going to help a lot with projections.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. What so that, that's, that's kind of the next. Laser beam look thick. Yeah. It's kind of the next, that's kind of a, a new thing that is, you know, they've, it exists now. They've been working on it for a while.
0: Are you talking about changing the diameter of the yeah. laser?
1: Yeah. The thickness of the beam that comes out. So rather than it being a thin p- pencil, thin line, now it's a thicker line. So, you know, it's like, if you're drawing with a, a very fine tipped pen, you can only draw so many things, you know, but if you can start to feather it out and things like that, you can, you can make more realistic looking images.
0: That sounds like mad scientist stuff to me right there. I I'm trying to wrap it around my head, but I can't figure out how that is possible. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> the point of a laser is that it, it it's that the. That it's so focused and so centralized that that's what makes it bright.
1: Right. Yeah. But now we'll be able to control that in real time.
0: Oh man. Yeah. The, the, inf- the possibilities are infinite now. Yeah. Another thing that I can only imagine adds to your creativity is being able to film lasers. And that's how your name first came up is the, some of the things that you're doing when it comes to filming live lasers.
1: Yeah, that's something that, we, uh, that I definitely specialize in. Um, we do a technique called laser banding, which uh, is a technique where we basically program the laser so that a, a rolling shutter on a camera is tricked into only seeing part of the light that's being emitted, and the laser appears to float in midair. So rather than light appearing as a continuous beam, uh, the light appears to float. It, it, it appears to break up and float. So that's something I really work with a lot, really specialize in. Um, and I feel like it's, uh, it's it's a new art form really that you know, is just starting to take off. A lot of people are starting to do it.
0: Did that exist before precision lasers? or was, is that something that completely came from your your brain?
1: Uh, it came, it came from my brain and it came from a project uh, we did in 2015 uh, called the YouTube Music Awards, uh, working with uh, Joe Picard and a company called Autofus. Um, and we spent, you know, several weeks developing, uh, filming and developing and creating content and um, really got to focus in on this thing. So, you know, it was definitely a, a group, a group creation that we spent a lot of time on. And uh, yeah, I've been working with it very heavily ever since you know, really, really developing, like what we can do with it and like the, what its capabilities are.
0: So the story that I'm telling myself in my head is that it was a happy accident that like a, a frame of the camera was a, a click out of frame rate or something. And you're like, Whoa, what was that?
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because I think, uh, it, it's, it is, it's a thing that, I mean, any people have been experiencing by trying to film lasers, you know, for years and they go, Oh, it's doing, you know, this thing, like, let's, uh, it's flickering, like, let's clean it up and make it look real. And, you know, a lot of people, when they film something like come into the filming process with the preconception that like, you have to capture reality and make it as accurate as possible. And we, we went the opposite direction and said, Okay, well, let's, let's utilize that. Let's utilize that and use it as a technique.
0: Brilliant that so I I guess I'm kind of vindicated myself that that sounds like what i'm thinking it sounds like hey this is something that everybody thinks is tossing away they thought it was garbage and you're like hold on if we polish that that's amazing
1: yeah exactly
0: so in that regard you're not really a laser owner or laser rental shop i mean you're you're also a laser designer you're a laser you're a creative agent in the in this part
1: oh definitely yeah kind of a definitely a technician. There's a lot of technical stuff, a lot laser safety officer, a lot of safety that I deal with. Um, But, you know, first and foremost, it's all about design. It's all about creating, you know, beautiful art, creating, creating new, interesting things for people to experience.
0: I'd imagine that has to be like two completely separate parts of your brain where you're like, (laughs) no, we're going to see how creative we can do. And then like, I would imagine the safety side of your brain is going like, I don't know, that's kind of dangerous. And then the creative side is going like, yeah, we got to do it.
1: Well what's what's really interesting I think is like you think the safety part would be very technical but the safety part is actually very creative because you have to come up with all these creative solutions to make things happen while keeping people safe while keeping you know cameras safe while keeping uh you know the random grip guys who want to walk through your laser beams you know carrying pipes safe you know, it's a, uh, you have to come up with creative solutions to make everything work on a film set.
0: But that's something that's, I've never heard it explained quite that way. How even safety can be creative or safety requires creativity. That's uh, absolutely that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Cause you're not going to, you're not going to compromise your, your designs for safety, but you still have to, when you still have to make them happen.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I would never do a, I would never do something with a laser that was unsafe. So safety is always like the first priority, but how you get there can take a lot of creativity. Like, uh, you know, uh, people commonly want like a person to walk through a laser. Right. And if you just have Mm -hmm. them, if you just have the person walking through the laser, close their eyes, like they have no spatial awareness of where they are. They could walk through the laser. They could stop while the laser is still touching their face and they could open their eyes and they could hurt themselves. Right. Yeah. So, you know, a creative solution, you know, we we thought of was okay. Let's put uh, swimming goggles on them with glue and cinefoil out the synagogue, the cinefoil out the, the the lenses. So, you know, they're they're effectively blind. And at that point, they if they open their eyes, close their eyes, it doesn't matter. Like a laser is not going to strike them in the face, so they could walk through the laser and they're not put in any danger whatsoever.
0: That is creative. That is a solution
1: creative it's safe (laughs) it made it makes the shot look good you know and nobody's put in danger
0: one of the things i've been very interested about is the single performer laser shows where it's just one person interacting with a laser and i'm seeing that more and more because i think it's because there's there's just so many different beam options now where it's you just need one person dancing and they're basically dancing with the laser. Are you seeing that as much as I am?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I do a lot of that. Um, you know, we ever since Childish Gambino, you know, we created a laser spotlight around him and surrounded him with lasers. We've gotten a lot of people interested in that sort of shoot. And you can make lasers do a lot of things that are very interactive and very... You know, expressive of a person's movements and of, of, of the kind of feeling a person is expressing. So, you know, you can, you can put a person in a room with a ton of lasers and make so many cool things happen.
0: In that regard, you basically, you're turning the laser into an actor.
1: Really. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, it's very expressive.
0: Have you seen what's going on with laser? I want to call her laser girl. She, I, i've seen her at a couple different conventions and stuff where basically it looks like she is the lasers looks like she's holding the lasers and, and manipulating the lasers live
1: yes uh, i i have i have seen that that is a it's it's pretty cool it's a cool uh it's a cool uh act that people do yeah
0: yeah that one blows my mind i i, I see it keep making its rounds on the memes and stuff and people just it just blows my mind that these are things that we can that we're just coming up with i mean that's
1: yeah that's that's an inter- cool. it's an interesting act i don't really uh i don't have the coordination to do that sort of thing so <laughs> I'm, I'm good <laughs> i'm good with what i do um it definitely takes a lot of rehearsal and dance moves and you know
0: <laughs> it's a little out of your wheelhouse you, yeah you, definitely you do things, <laughs> you not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how is the laser industry adapting to the isolation period which uh, you know knock on wood i, I believe is almost over but I can only imagine you guys have had to really stretch the imagination to adapt.
1: Yeah. So lasers are definitely a lot of times lasers are the last thing added to a set, you know, like somebody, somebody, or the artist is like, Oh, well let's put some lasers in this. And like, you know, laser company gets a call two days before the shoot. Hey, can you come in and do this? So we were definitely cut before anybody else. You know, that's not always the case, but there a lot of the time it is. Um, so, you know, we're coming back for sure. Um, but I think, I think we're coming back slowly, just like everybody, everything else. Um, it's actually, well, you know, for these outdoor drive-in experiences, lasers have done really well because they carry such a, they, they create such an impact and at, at such distance. So I think I've definitely mm-hmm. seen them at almost every single one of, of the outdoor drive-in things that, I, that I've experienced. Um,
0: it feels like lasers used to have a very niche part of the industry. I mean, you could only do them in a dark room, in a large dark room. But now they're so bright. I mean, you can do them indoors, you can do them outdoors, you can you can really use them just about anywhere because of the new con- the amount of control that you have available.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. A laser in a dark room is uh, definitely great. You can do a lot of cool stuff with that. But you know, we can. Put them on stages. Uh, the, with with the amount of power we have, we can battle the video wall lighting and uh, all the sharpies, <laughs> and still be very very visible. So you know, there it's not a in either or situation any longer. You know, we can integrate with the with the entire rest of uh, of the rig and be part of the production. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, where does most of your inspiration come from? I'm kind of picturing you in, your, in the warehouse, just like mad scientisting with a bunch of lasers and just people sitting around drinking tea or whatever and trying to figure out what the next level of lasers is.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, my inspiration is just, I put in a lot of hard work. Um, I, I spend a lot of hours, a lot of time, you know, I just, I just, I grind, I go in if I have a project you know and i have a really great idea for it i just i just put in days you know and try to really like just kind of maximize the project and create like you know some create something big you know every, as much as possible and just right you on. know yeah put in put in the time because you just need to you exper- just, experiment yeah. you know
0: yeah it's, that's the word i was about to use you just it looks like you're just constantly looking for the new thing i would imagine like the first time i got to use lasers i it was cool with like two or three beams and then as soon as we hit a mirror ball with it we're like that's that's cool
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah
0: and then we realized that we weren't allowed to do that because we might hit somebody in the face but <laughs> but it was really really cool when we did it
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure
0: are you constantly trying new surfaces and new ways of bouncing the lasers?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're uh, right now I'm in the process of transforming our warehouse into a film studio, you know, so I can, I can work more, you know, have a space that's set up like a film set to like, to take my development up to the next level. So we're going to, we put up the pipe grid and we're blacking everything out with, you know, duveteen curtains, you know, adding in t- power tie-ins so we can use our distro, turning it into basically a film studio well
0: that's exciting you're you're one of the first people i got to talk to that are really starting to make new headway and make room for new new events that's exciting
1: yeah yeah mainly just Uh, so i can i can work on stuff like (laughs) you know like like no like in the past like if i want to you know program i gotta like build a trust structure in my warehouse and you know hook pipes to that and it's a very time intensive process very takes labor and build it strike it all that so i was like right, i just need to bite the bullet and build a pipe grid in here so we did it's beautiful i love it
0: you know that your art is growing when you need more space for your art. yeah
1: yeah yeah you need for sure. a
0: gallery i guess yeah that's exciting the way you the way you phrase it it's more for you and if it happens to make a profit then awesome but you know we just we need bigger we need bigger canvas
1: that's kind of a it's literally like that's by company <laughs> yeah i never came into this like to to make money i had no idea you could make money at all doing lasers lighting any of this you know that was like the first time i made money i was like shocked I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I can get paid to do this." <laughs> so like, your
0: your company is actually still growing. I would imagine you got. Uh, I, in fact, let's start from the beginning. When did you first get to hire somebody based on making money on lasers?
1: Um, pretty early on, I realized I couldn't do this myself. <laughs> you know, when I when I had a little small lighting rig and was you know working with smaller bands and small clubs you know, I could roll in and do it myself. And then I, I just kind of quickly scaled out of that and realized like things go better when you hire people and pay other people to help you do things. So, you know, that's, that's kind of, I, I learned like find experts and hire them, people who are better than you at things. And, you know, you, you get really great results on projects and that's what I try to do.
0: So now on top of all of your creative laser stuff, now you have to become a business owner as well.
1: Yeah, you definitely do. Like, you know, I only have a warehouse full of lasers because I turned, you know, my art project into a business and monetized it and like learned how to make profit from it so I could keep growing my inventory. And I want to be able to do, I want to be able to experiment with the things I experiment with and like create any of the stuff I create, you know, without it being a business. You know, I want to be able to say, hey, I want to put a grid of 50 lasers up today and work with it you know unless i have 50 lasers so it's kind of a it's kind of an inevitable thing <laughs> yeah you have to be an artist and a business person or you know you just you can't get you that's that's the way to get results
0: so with with more space i would imagine comes more people too yeah
1: yeah for sure yeah yeah, I've definitely uh, been hiring recently. You know, we came out of the COVID slump, and you know, film studios are all picking up, and we got live events happening again. We've got tours happening again, so you know, we're we're ramping up. The, the vacation's over at this point.
0: Congratulations! It's a good time to be off vacation.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> never been never been happier to be off vacation.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love a good vacation. I, I don't know about twelve months. That was a little <laughs> yeah. long. Yep. I, mean, I love being at home with my wife and my kids and I picked up a new hobby, but 12 months is, you know, we're not designed for that. It's, yeah. it's a long time to not have phone calls coming in.
1: What was your new hobby?
0: Uh, I learned how to identify mushrooms. Oh, uh, wow. Mycology. I learned how to forage mushrooms. It's uh, its one of those things where I never really needed a hobby because my job, much like you, was my passion. It was my hobby. My wife would often ask me, like, don't you have a hobby? I'm like, yeah, of course. It's, it's lighting. I learn new things. And I, I, every time I get to the end of my skill set, I, I try and learn a new one. And then I used to, in fact, I used to laugh at people. I, know, I won't say laugh. I used to question people who had hobbies. I'm like, well, that, that seems like it takes up a lot of your time. But right. now <laughs> for the first time, like I was at home in the same same environment for 12 months i'm like oh i need now i get it i need to find something to keep my brain busy and and learn new things so yeah i'm also i'm also a vegan so i uh i'm all always looking for new uh, ethically sourced food sources so foraging mushrooms was a clear result for me
1: oh that's really cool yeah yeah i got some friends who do that so yeah it gets very deep. I had a friend who wrote a book about it. I'm really? Forgetting, I'm forgetting his name offhand. I'd have to look that up. Um, okay. But yeah, I remember he wrote a book about it. He would always harvest mushrooms in Golden Gate Park.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine LA's a little bit tougher. <laughs> but uh, like the Pacific Northwest is amazing. Uh, where I'm up, I'm up in uh, Windsor, Ontario. There's, we've got a lot of good stuff available. Uh, we don't have nearly the the forests that Ontario used to have. But there's still a few places that we can go. Uh, I'm currently in Dubai, which is there's none. (laughs) No wild foraging of mushrooms up here.
1: Pretty much a desert, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I did some research and there is zero. Zero wild foraging mushrooms.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah.
0: I imagine that's why mushrooms didn't make it into the folklore of the Middle Eastern uh, religions.
1: Right, uh, right. (laughs) Too too dry.
0: So, did you, uh, based on your passion for lasers, did you ever pick up any uh, outside hobbies?
1: Yeah, I don't really do anything other than lasers. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really I'm really interested in cryptocurrency, um, and I've, I guess, a couple times I've almost decided, like back in 2017 during the first crypto bull run, I was just like full on trading crypto because I was making more money than I was, you know, doing anything lasers or lighting related. And I thought about becoming a a blockchain programmer, you know, during the first, you know, few months of, uh, of the COVID-19 lockdown, but this didn't seem like it seemed like a very sedentary lifestyle that I wasn't really trying to live. So, (laughs) I mean, I guess, uh, crypto, crypto and lasers are my, are my two main things. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, I saw on your website that uh, Precision Lasers accepts Bitcoin.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've accepted Bitcoin. We do accept Bitcoin. You know, I think uh, crypto is the money of the future. I could talk about that for many hours.
0: Uh, I am I am late to the game. It took uh, it took me at least twenty different conversations to wrap my head around what Bitcoin is, and I'm finally on board. I, it took me. It's a big concept. I didn't get it for quite a while. And I, I still have my reservations, but I see the benefits now.
1: It's, you know, the main thing to me is that it's voluntary. Like you choose to use it. You choose to use the currency to transact value. It's not chosen for you. So, you know, people are free to choose whatever form of currency they want to use. So, you know, if you believe in Bitcoin, you can use Bitcoin. If you believe in you know, somebody makes a version of Bitcoin uh, and they're like, oh, this is more energy efficient. Well, you can choose that, you know. Um, yeah. People people no longer have like manipulated financial industries and currencies chosen for them. You know, now they can create their own. Yes. So, I mean, I, I think that's really empowering. I think we're just seeing the beginning of it. I think it's going to just grow and grow and grow and kind of like how paper money People probably laughed at that when it first happened. Like, I, why would I would never use paper money? I use I use gold, right? Like, yeah. I use you know, I use barley. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Like, every currencies fall, currencies rise and fall. It, it's just part of history. Um, you know, I think we're we're at the end of one stage of history and at the start of another. So,
0: it seems like the natural progression to me. And when I think of people trading barley. I would imagine after a while, like the barley would go would go bad. And they'd be like, Well, how about I trade you some some puka shells? And then somebody would look at them and be like you're crazy. I, I can't eat puka shells. They're like, Yeah, but I mean these puka shells will be worth barley later. I'm yep. like, okay, I'll accept puka shells. And then eventually the puka shells fell away in place of money or paper, because the paper you could carry more stacks of paper than you could a bag of puka shells. And still you'd have the same thing. Well, I can't eat paper. You know, I right. Eat barley. And then we're like, okay, well let's trade paper for barley. And now, and then, then checks came along and then now everything's credit. And I, yeah. I can only imagine that's the natural progression. I can only imagine that as soon as people realize that you can't eat paper any more than you can eat blockchain, that people will finally realize like, oh yeah, that's, Let's 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 stop using government-backed paper.
1: Yeah, it's, which doesn't it's, have any
0: more value than blockchain. Blockchain has to tr- uh, not necessarily. It's not easier to track, but it's easier. It's it's more reliable.
1: I think uh, you can trust that people aren't going to just print you know billions of bitcoins whenever they need need to bail themselves out. So, (laughs) like, it's it can't be devalued by centralized control. So, like, right now you can say, okay, cool. Like, it's COVID nineteen. So, like, let's let's give a little stimulus and give give the little guys a couple. Give give everybody a couple grand, and let's give the big guys, you know, trillions. And you know, they there's they they create this disproportion, the way that they the way the stimulus happened has created this crazy disproportion that's put more money in the hands of the one percent and taken money out of everybody else's hands you know we're gonna see massive inflation because of it we're gonna see prices just skyrocketing you can't do that with bitcoin nobody owns it nobody controls it nobody nobody runs it everybody runs it it's consensus that runs it so you know the block reward happens it's a deflationary thing it keeps everybody honest which I, I wouldn't say is happening in the current monetary system, you know, worldwide. There's not a lot of honesty there.
0: Yeah, after a thousand years of being conditioned that, that paper money has value because it's backed by something other than yourself, yeah. it's gonna take, take people time to realize that, that, your, that your paper money is already being much more manipulated than you can even imagine.
1: Yeah. It's just backed by belief. If you believe it's valuable, it's valuable. If you believe it's a, uh, you know, the currency has value, then everybody transacts it and it works. You know, it's a uh, people choose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, not to go too far down the, the liberal rabbit hole here, but uh, as soon as people start to lose faith in big government, they're going to be like, man, I don't want to use these dollars anymore.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I have a theory that Bitcoin may have been created by somebody like, you know, the Federal Reserve or whoever. You know, if if you're going to crash one financial system, you're going to have a second financial system ready to pick up the pieces. You know, so you've got you've got Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin, made so much of the so much Bitcoin that has never moved out of wallets, never been sold, you know, never been transferred. Um, the only person who wouldn't move their Bitcoin. Is somebody who doesn't care about money, and the only people who don't care about money are the people who don't need money, and that would be people who actually create the money. So, that's that's a theory I have.
0: That's a pretty solid theory. Yeah, uh, I wish people knew that more knew more about that because there were, the Satoshi that they found was like, "You guys, stop <laughs> on my door. I'm not the guy." Yeah, I'm that's not, not the guy. <laughs> hey, trust me, I care about money.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's there's been a couple of fake Satoshi's that have been put out there, and yeah, it's, they're not real.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. they uh, every anybody you can find is gonna care about money unless they're not a unless they're an entity, He's yeah. not a person. Yeah,
1: yeah, that can afford to that can afford to sit on something fifty years and not spend it.
0: <laughs> I look forward to seeing the advances of lasers and the advances of Bitcoin. And I feel like you're at the at the helm or at least you're on the cutting edge of both of them. That's very exciting to hear. You sound, the more I talk to you and the more I've heard of, uh, from you, uh, the more visionary you sound to me. Oh, thanks. Just watching some of the stuff that you've put together on your, I'm definitely going to put a link to your website so everybody can kind of like share in my, in my wonder of the things that you're coming up with.
1: Oh, cool. Thanks. That's, that's great.
0: One of the things I saw is that you are, you're currently hiring. What is it that you're looking for?
1: Oh yeah. So uh, I'm looking for laser operators, laser programmers, um, and even like technicians um, to help, you know, like with stagehand sort of work, things like that. So yeah, I kind of put a, put a call out on my Instagram and Facebook, but things are ramping up again. So, you know, we're looking for, we're looking for good people. So,
0: oh man, that is exciting. That it yeah. almost makes me think that we're, you know, just uh a, a snap away from the being able to say the post pandemic era.
1: I think we are. I mean, like film, the film studios opened up before live events and, you know, we've been really busy with film. You know, they took they took some film took some time off, you know, there was a moment where like nothing was happening, you know. Yeah, there was some stuff happening, but you know, like union studios, whatever. Um, but then it started to open up like, you know, independent projects and stuff again. Um, and we have, you know, we have tour stuff coming up. Like I'm working with excision for their upcoming tour dates. We have a lot of, when we were on excision, we were on excisions tour when COVID shut everything down and we literally just, you know, we we did a show and then everybody go home, you know, the next day. So, um, we have, we have dates that we're making up from that tour, you know, plus new festivals and stuff like that. So I mean, I see it. Everything's everybody's making plans. Burning Man's not happening, but Burning Man's still happening. (laughs) You can go out there. There's people going out. (laughs) So I think people are tired of sitting around waiting for a, a cure to happen. I hear you. Yeah,
0: I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can. I can. I'm. I'm envisioning the air quotes. Like, Blue Man, uh, Burning Man is not happening.
1: I can. Yeah, it's not officially happening. I got it. Yeah,
0: meaning there will be no, there won't be no official website or anything like that. But everybody, that's cool. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, we are almost out of time. I wanted to close question. I think is very important. I'm seeing a lot of people being required to do both now. I'm seeing a lot of people like, Hey, you, you can program lights. Can you, can we throw the lasers on your desk? And, and from what I've heard that the the opposite is actually starting to happen now where people are doing laser shows that have just a few lights and they're saying, Hey, can you, can you also run the lights? Do you think that we're going to get to a place where there, that's not even a question anymore, where anybody who runs lights or lasers needs to know both?
1: I think it's, a great idea to have as many skills as possible to have a competitive edge in this industry, especially as things have been shut down. And there's going to be a lot of competition, you know, when things open up, you know, ultimately in the future, I mean, yeah, there's like video lasers, lighting, all these different sources, but you're, you're still, you're still working with light. And I think ultimately, you know, controlling it all as one unified system is like kind of the future. You know, it shouldn't just be like three people playing over each other, you know, like everything should be really tightly integrated together. So, um, I know a, a, myself personally, um, a lot of times I've definitely taken over lighting on film sets. You know, I show up, I show up with a grandma too, a lot of the time, cause I, sometimes I like to run lasers that way. And, you know, I see a guy dialing in a panel by hand and I'm like, can we just run an ethernet cable to that? Like, let me run that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll run the lighting and the lasers on this set so
0: <laughs> can you just back me up like, I, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not trying to steal your gig but i can do that way faster
1: like yeah just yeah like i'll i can write color chases and stuff that you can't do so yeah it's
0: good to know that i mean they they used to be miles apart and now we're you know much like video was so different from lighting than it came on the ma2 and now now it sounds like a single person can be running all of those different things and it, sh- it will be seamless.
1: It's possible. <laughs> it's a lot.
0: Right on. That's exciting. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. It's, it's good to know that there's still a lot of innovation. It sounds like the isolation period didn't, didn't kill that part of our industry.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is, a, you know, I, lo- I love your podcast. Uh, great talking to you.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.